Dear friends, welcome to Faith FM, Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of the Bible and in Bible, of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm thankful that God allows us to share His Word with you today. Whether you are at home or in the car driving back from work or studies, I pray that you'll be blessed by today's show. This week we're following the theme, The Bible and the Media in a Post-Biblical Culture. And the big question for today is, do the Scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? To help us answer this question, we have Pastor Marty Thompson with us in the studio. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. Welcome, Marty, once again. Great to be here, Pastor Ricardo. Really excited about the program. Fantastic subject. I am really looking forward to it. Um, do you think, in uh, in just a few words, the Bible has something to say to um, today's people about media? Absolutely. The the Word of God is so remarkable. It speaks to to the practical situations of our lives, our daily decisions, and of course, media is such a big thing in our lives. And of course, there are many principles in the Bible that uh, that we'll be able to look at in today's program that will help us navigate um, a Christian perspective on on media. And hopefully, this will be very practical as well. Excellent. Can't wait. Uh, for our World's Watch segment today, I'd like to share with our listeners an article that I read about um, something that is posing a challenge on Christians as far as um, laws that can affect our freedom of religion. Um, it's uh, an, an article t- entitled, France to Ban Girls from Wearing Abayas in State Schools. Ban on loose-fitting dresses worn by some Muslim women provokes row over secularism. This was um, uh, published today. And it says, France is to ban girls in state schools from wearing a bias, you know, these rope-like dresses, um, sparking a fresh row over secularism and women's clothing. The education minister, Gabriel Attal, said that the style of long flowing dresses worn by some Muslim women would no longer be allowed when the new term begins next week because they violated the French principle of secularism or laicite in French. I have decided uh, that the abaya could no longer be worn in schools at Hal Tall French television. He also said, when you walk into a classroom, you shouldn't be able to identify the pupils' religion just by looking at them. He said also, secularism means the freedom to emancipate oneself through school, describing the abaya as a religious gesture aimed at testing the resistance of the republic uh, toward the secular sanctuary that school must be. Attal told a press conference on Monday, our schools are continually put under test and over the past months, breaches to Laicite, you know, the French principle of secularism, have increased considerably, in particular with pupils wearing religious attire like abayas and camis, long shirts. The French Republic 
is built on a strict separation of church and state. Intended to foster equality for all private beliefs. But over the past 20 years, state schools, where there are no uniforms and children can dress as they please, have increasingly become the focus of rows um, over secularism. In 2004, a law banned the wearing of ostensibly religious symbols in schools. This included the Islamic headscarf, Jewish kippahs, Sikh turbans, and Christian crosses. Until now, baggy dresses, abayas, or long skirts have been seen as a gray area difficult to regulate. Muslim groups have said that abayas are not required religious attire and some on the left have warned that girls in plain long skirts or dresses could be unfairly singled out. The ban by Atal, uh, who is close to the president Emmanuel Macron, has caused a fresh political debate about France's secular rules and whether they discriminate against the country's Muslim minority. The government's spokesperson, Olivier Veron, said the abaya was obviously a religious garment and a political attack, a political sign that he saw as an act of proselytizing or trying to convert to Islam. He told the news channel BFM-TV that, that school was a secular space. Clementine Autain, an MP for the radical left party, La France Ansemis, criticized what she called the clothes police and called the ban characteristic of an obsessional rejection of Muslims. Jean-Luc Malekton, the leader of La France Ansemis, said the the September return to school was being politically polarized by a new absurd form of world religion. Politicians on the right and far right have pushed for an outright ban on obayas, with many in recent years arguing that the ban on wearing all religious symbols should be widened to universities and even parents accompanying children on school outings. The far right leader, Marine Le Pen, went further in her presidential campaign last year, proposing to ban all Muslim um, headscarves from public streets. Um, I don't know about you, but I see that uh, they, they want to keep people from sharing their faith, even with the way they look or dress, right? Mm. Um, I'm reminded of um, the words of Jesus. It, they're completely opposite to this attitude. In Matthew 5.17, he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And also Paul wrote in Romans 13.1 and 2, Let every person be subject to the govern governing authorities. It seems to be... Uh, an interesting uh, thought here because it seems Paul seems to be saying uh, do whatever they say right uh, and then Paul continues for there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed so when we think about what Paul said obey the authorities or respect the authorities and then you remember what Peter said in Acts 2 uh, 5 29 uh, when he said uh, we ought to obey God rather than men uh, Pastor Marty how should a Christian respond or react to such laws that, that affect 
or in danger our, our freedom of religion. It, it's definitely a balance between those two principles and Pastor Ricardo. And, um, you know, as you're reading the article, I was just shaking my head. I was just thinking, isn't this just ridiculous that, um, that governments feel so compelled that they need to actually, um, you know, be militant in the way that they deal with you know, long skirts. I mean, that's just the most ridiculous yes. thing I've, I've heard. And the reality is that, yes, we do need to respect um, the governing authorities, as the Bible says. And, yes, we also need to obey God rather than men. So wh- how does this work? If God's laws, um, or if a government, rather, asks you to do something that is contrary to God's laws, then you must always go with what God says. We see many examples of that in the Bible, such as the one you quoted in Acts 5.29. We also see it in Daniel, the book of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego commanded to bow down to this golden image. That was a government statute. That was a government decree. But but they knew that that was going against God's law, so they wouldn't do it. Same thing with Daniel, uh, the whole issue with only praying to the king for 30 days. Daniel wasn't willing to compromise his faith in order to be in keeping with with the secular government. So, God always comes first. When the laws don't contradict the Word of God, that's when we subject ourselves to them and, and try and do our best to live peaceably. So, what we have to recognize, I suppose, and this is difficult, is that we do live in a broken world where there are sinful human beings who are leading various governments across the world. And so we cannot expect all the rules and regulations that they that they come up with actually to be fair, reasonable. Um, and the and the I guess the, the temptation is then to rebel against it. Now I, I just said that I thought in that instance, you know, trying to say, hey, Muslim young girls cannot wear these long dresses. I think that's ridiculous. Mm. But how how would I respond? I wouldn't respond by protesting. I wouldn't respond by, you know, any kind of violence or uh, revolting against the government at all. You you certainly can um you know, I suppose you can put in writing and 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 have have a view that you share with the government and I don't see any issue with that. Yeah. Although I will qualify that by by saying, we've also I, I suppose got to be mindful as Christians that we that political issues don't absorb our attention. We ultimately have to stay focused on our mission, which is to preach the gospel. Exactly. I think there are battles that we should choose not to fight, and there are others that are worth fighting. Uh, another thing that caught my attention as I was reading this article is where it said, uh, and I would basically dispute what it says here, uh, it says the French Republic is built on a strict separation of church and state. If this were true, then the, the state would not be trying to regulate mm, how that's uh, right. people should be dressing mm-hmm. or dressing up. I mean, France was the was the birthplace of modern-day atheism in the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And so it's fascinating to see that 
kind of that same mindset, which is not just separation of church and state. It's it's anti-religion. That's very different to separation of church and state. That was how America was founded. Um, but uh, yeah, but but that allows for freedom of of religion, yes. and the idea that someone you know you know. That a, that a Muslim young lady wearing a young skirt somehow affects the freedom of another person. I just, I uh, just think I that is taking how. it way too far. And ultimately, they have their own agenda that they're trying to push. And they can use, um, you know, the, the language of equality, et cetera, to try and push it. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it sounds like a bit of hogwash to me. I'm, I'm afraid. Yes, I'm afraid. So, so the takeaway of this would be that God is always first. It is good to obey our, our governments as long as they do not oppose God. Yes, and 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 even if they do make regulations that we look at and we say that is unreasonable, that is not, that is that is uh, that is um, inhibiting our ability to have you know a free conscience. We still have to be wise in how we respond to that because if you revolt against the government, I don't believe that's, that's what so what God wanted either, mm-hmm. and so. We still have to be, you know, peace peacemakers, mm-hmm. and um, and we certainly still have to pray for our leaders, even though they may, and often, yeah, even though in these situations they're making very very poor decisions. Exactly, uh, I think we have a great example in uh, the apostles, like Paul and Peter, and they were very brave, but they knew how to manage that difficult situation. We think we have it tough sometimes. They really had it really tough. Um, so um, I'm glad that the Bible speaks about this as well to give us um, advice as to how to react, how to respond to the difficult situations that we may have to face. Okay, dear listeners, let's come to some music. Um, we'll be listening to Phillips, Craig, and Dean, entitled Pierce. Bro. 
listen close, you'll almost hear it. Oh, the melody that's rising sweet. Philips, Craig and Dean with the song Tears. Our giveaway for this week is the book Values Led Lives by Lou Edwards. Um, what values do you live by? What principles drive your thoughts, words and actions? What would you sacrifice everything else for? In this book, Pastor Lou Edwards, an experienced minister, missionary and church administrator, describes how the values that inspired Jesus can transform our lives our families, and our churches. If you're looking for a way to re-energize your spiritual life and make your congregation to uh, the kind of place to which people will drawn will be drawn, uh, this is your book. It is not re- a read for the faint-hearted and the easily offended, but it will make you think. So if you would like to be challenged, this is the book for you. Take the challenge and text us on um, 04 888 if you want a free copy of this book, you text, uh, uh, text us the code SA133, SA133, no spaces between the digits, just SA133 on 04 888 You can also text that number with your questions or comments at any time. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time BQ&A, right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. And Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. This week we're following the theme, the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture. What can an ancient book like the Bible say to today's people using media? Well, you'll be surprised. The big question for today is, do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? Uh, Marty, what do you think? Has actually everyone... uh, can, can actually everyone get something from this ancient book about media today? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There are, there are a number of key texts we're going to look at, Pastor Ricardo, when we when we look at this subject of 
how do we actually navigate media as 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 Christians? But I, I want to begin by just talking a little bit about some of the some of the realities that we don't often, I guess, you know, talk about when it comes to media. When we're talking about media, we're obviously talking about movies, television, radio, videos, things on on the internet, YouTube, etc., and also social media. But I want to begin with just media in terms of what we watch and and listen to and take in. And it's, it's very interesting. Dr. Neil Nedley, he's, he's a world leading expert when it comes to the issue of depression mm-hmm. and anxiety. He's actually written a, a number of books and, um, on this subject of depression and anxiety recovery. He's, he's probably the world leading expert mm-hmm. in this particular area. And he talks about he, he quotes from the British Medical Journal of an experience of children who watched high violence and, and horror type, type films and movies. Mm-hmm. And here's some of the uh, symptoms that these children and uh, experience. Now, these are children, you know, below the age of, of 12. Mm-hmm. I believe, and um, and here's some of the symptoms that they actually had: depressed mood, nightmares, fear of the dark, fear of sleeping alone, difficulty in concentrating, impaired memory, raised level of anxiety, panic attacks, irritability. Mm. He actually talks about the fact that just one exposure. At a young age, for a child at a relatively young age, it could be, you know, somewhere under the age of 12, Mm -hmm. but a child who would watch something like a horror movie or something that was with, with a high level of violence or, um, you know, or, or sexual, sexual material, those scenes will be imprinted on the child's mind potentially for the rest of their life. It becomes a traumatic event in their life. And what they've done is they've watched a program. Um, we, we cannot underestimate the power of media. We, we, um, we, we, ha- we have to actually we have to actually have discernment when it comes to this, both for ourselves, our children, and others that uh, that we're responsible for. And so, when we talk about this subject, the reality is that we're delving into an area that uh, that uh, I believe the devil has a very, very strong hold on this area of media. Now, that's not to say that all media is bad, not at all. There's much, there is a lot of positive media. In and of itself, media is not bad. Mm-hmm. But by far, the majority of content... Um, that uh, that uh, you know, when it comes to entertainment and that kind of thing, most of the content is is of a detrimental nature. So here's my summary line. This is the take home. I'm going to give this as a, just to begin with. To live life at its best, Christians should pursue only those forms of recreation and entertainment that strengthen their bond with Christ. And improve their health. What do you think about that, Pastor Ricardo? So true. That 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 should be the question to be asked every time we're going to spend time on social media or be, being ex- exposed to anything like that. It comes back mm. to our relationship with Christ, yes. doesn't it? Now, 
let's let's set down some 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 biblical principles to begin with when we're determining what is appropriate behavior we need to avoid two extremes number 1 we need to be aware and and be cautious that uh we don't try and make behavior a means of salvation. Correct. Because the Bible says that it's by grace you have been saved mm-hmm. uh, through, faith. through faith. It's it's not of your own works. And in fact, Paul even says in Galatians 5 verse 4, he says, you who are trying to be justified by law, or in other words, by what you do, mm-hmm. have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Mm. So when the whole issue of what you watch, what you listen to, this we're not saying hey this is behavior oriented mm. salvation no that is not the case we're saved by grace but that experience of salvation the gift of eternal life that Christ gives the the good news that my sins have been washed away the guilt the condemnation the shame has been taken away that is going to transform my life and when i have a hold on jesus and he has a hold on me mm-hmm. i don't want to let him go for some, okay. for some, uh, for some entertainment, for some fleeting, uh, you know, film or or, or music, etc. When I love Christ, He's going to change the way. He's going to change my desires. Mm. He's going to change what what I what I desire. And so that's so we want to avoid the opposite extreme as well, mm-hmm. which would say, "Hey, I'm I'm saved, so therefore it doesn't really matter how I live my life." That is um, that's the opposite extreme. In fact, Paul also says, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Mm-hmm. That's Galatians 5.13. And, and elsewhere, he says, this is 1 Corinthians 9.27, he says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. In other words, he's saying, I've still got I've still got to be. I've still got to exercise self-control and make wise decisions. Otherwise, whilst I'm preaching to others, I myself will be lost. Exactly, because God is committed to our freedom of choice, and we 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 have the 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 choice of of choosing. I mean, the freedom of choosing not to obey God at any time. And God is not interested in in forcing us to obey. He wants our you know, obedience out of love. He wants that. And, and that comes, I think, when we trust that he knows what's best for us. And so we're looking at this whole idea of scripture. What does the Bible say about how a Christian and how, how an individual should approach the issue of media? Mm-hmm. We're not saved by what we do, mm-hmm. but neither does being saved by God's grace give me freedom to indulge my sinful right. nature. Now the other the other principle that Paul talks about which I think is quite powerful is he says that as as a church but also as individuals Paul Paul writes and says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit mm. very interesting he says um do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God and you are not your own so that's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 so if my body is a temple I mean, 
boy, if you, you know, if you think about your body and particularly your mind as a temple, you only want to put things in a temple that are, that are pure, that are uplifting, mm-hmm. that are positive. You know, if somebody brought a garbage garbage, you know, uh, pulled their rubbish bin into a temple and, and, and dumped it there, that would be an incredibly um, Insult. insulting yeah. thing, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, that, we, that's just unthinkable. If someone was to take graffiti and, 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 and graffiti the inside of a beautiful temple, you know, and so our minds are like that. Mm. Our minds are like that. We only want to put things in there that are actually pure, that are that are good, that are wholesome, that are actually going to be uplifting. Mm. That's a great analogy. It's a powerful biblical analogy, isn't it, that Paul gives us. You know, so we are called to to holy lives. Um, the Bible actually views people as a as a unit. You know, we're not separate physically and spiritually. There is, um, you know, the physical dimension influences the spiritual mm-hmm. dimension. And so, um, I've got a quote here actually from Susanna Wesley. She was the mother of the founder of Methodism. So she's, she's pretty important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the mother of John Wesley. Here's what she said. Whatever weakens your reason, impairs your the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, decreases the strength and authority of your mind over your body, that thing is wrong, however innocent it may be in itself. And so this is where we have to exercise a lot of discernment when it comes to media. And I believe and I'm praying that uh, the folk who are listening today will have Open that will just be open and receptive because this will challenge probably some of our habits that we actually have. Yes. So the the more we decide, because this is a choice, right? The more that we decide to watch things on the media that are ungodly, the easier it becomes to choose it again and again. And probably over time, we look at it as normal. It doesn't bother us anymore, and our conscience is fine with mm-hmm. that. And that is a that is a danger. Uh, in there is a danger in in saying no to that voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to our conscience, because it's easier to say no uh, after a while. Absolutely, that that whole idea of numbing our conscience. This is um, Dr. Neil Nedley actually talks about this. Mm-hmm. He calls it the hazard of non-reaction. Um, it describes a do-nothing attitude when confronted with with an issue, you know. And so, when we live, when we expose our minds to too much stimulation and too much, uh, you know, too many films where there's a crisis, but we just we're just sitting sitting there watching it. What do we expect to happen in our own lives when there is a crisis, where there is an issue? How will we respond in the most appropriate way if we have essentially, yeah. Now, I, I want to come back to this principle. The principle is this, to live life at its best, Christians should pursue only those forms of recreation and entertainment that strengthen their bond with Christ and improve health. I want to keep emphasizing this point because ultimately God wants what's best for us. We shouldn't, uh, we should, well, rather, we should always recognize that whatever God asks us to do is for our own benefit. Yes. God loves us. He cares for us. He wants us to be happy and healthy and to succeed in life. So here's the first 
Here's, here's the first practical point when it comes to media. Firstly, media can be a great educational agency. Things like, you know, audio and media, they're not evil in and of themselves. They can be used for many good things. Primarily, they can be used for, for sharing the gospel. Yes. Um, a, a good friend of mine back in Kempsey, Pastor Barry Satchel, he's a retired minister and um, he uses social media to share the gospel every morning. You know, he's, he's in his 80s. He's well in his 80s and he's, he's a carer for his, his wife who has Alzheimer's and dementia. And, um, but every morning he gets up very early and he spends time on his knees and he says, Lord, give me a message to share with people today. And then nice. he studies his Bible and then he actually shares on his Facebook page mm. what he has studied in the Word of God. Now, that is fantastic, mm. isn't it? So, I'm not, uh, you know, by no means are we saying, you know, don't use these things at all. Absolutely no, no. not. Use them for a good purpose. The Bible says, do not be overcome by evil, mm-hmm. but overcome evil with good. So, mm-hmm. Romans twelve twenty one. Mm-hmm. So, the principle there is, use it for good. Yes. Use it for God. If you can use media for God, then you're, uh, you're in a good place. You're in a good mm-hmm. place. That, that statement that you read at the beginning, I like that because it basically... Uh, poses two questions, right? The first one is that that I'm about to do is this going to strengthen my relationship with God? And the second question was, um, is this going to do any good to my health? Mm. Right? Yeah, those two things are so important. Absolutely. So, how many things we would do differently if we would ask those two questions? Yeah. Is this going to bring me closer to Jesus? Is this going to benefit my yeah. health? Wow. Those are good filters, aren't they? Mm. When the, when it comes to decision making for life, True. you know, those are the two, those are two great questions to to seriously consider. And um, you know, I remember as a young person, Ricardo, I remember sometimes you know you'd you, we'd go to church on, on on Sabbath morning, Saturday morning, and then we'd you know we'd have um, go to someone's house for lunch, for example, and then you know we'd we'd hang out as as youth and. Um, Inevitably, when Saturday night would come around, when the Sabbath would would close, we would inevitably find ourselves eating food that usually wasn't very healthy <laughs> and watching things that usually weren't very wholesome. Yeah, yeah. And I would, and you know, as I've gotten a bit older, and even even during that time back in back in late high school, I began to reflect on some of these practices, mm. and I started to feel uneasy in my own conscience and I th- I thought we're undoing the blessings of the day by you know by indulging in these things in in Saturday night mm. and I remember there was a couple of times when um and this is you know this is a group of Christians you know getting together and 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 you know watching this program or whatever and you know these were not o- ov- these were not overtly really bad programs but they were generally there was you know there was uh, you know there was illusions there was you know the occasional uh, swear words and and there was certainly it just wasn't something that you could honestly say this is drawing me closer to Jesus there's, there's no way you could say that and I, and I would sometimes actually I'd, I'd I'd be convicted and I'd just say you know what I'm I'm actually just gonna you know I'm I'm gonna go and sit in another room for different. a bit do something different yes. and and it wasn't um, it wasn't 
odd for somebody else to feel the same way and come out and join me and we'd mm. end up having a good chat and we'd have a good, you know, you'd, you'd go to bed that night mm-hmm. having your thoughts in a good positive place rather than being, you exactly. know, bombarded by all this really um, mm. material that doesn't actually strengthen your walk That's with the true. Lord. And the problem with the things that we watch is that they stay in our minds for a long time, right? And they come back and haunt you and you they remember do. these and uh, that's a problem. And it's good to listen to the, to, to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be, to be um, sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and respond quickly. Absolutely, you know, yeah, our, our minds, our senses are very, very sensitive, and so it's vitally important to 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 guard our minds. And um, you know, in an age where we're seeing so much, so much depression, so much anxiety, you've, we've got to ask ourselves the question: Is media having a, having a role in this? And I think it. I think anybody who's you know looking at the trends would definitely say look definitely definitely it's obvious um you can't actually expose yourself to that much media per day yes. and it not have an effect yes, on your mind yes, yes, yes. and so this is this is what we've got to be mindful of the other principle i want to look at just uh, before we go to to some music is remember the principle that what we behold is what we become like uh-huh what so we true. behold is what we become like, you know. I, I, I remember, when, you know, I, I had a bit of a violent streak when I was a young person, Ricardo. You're probably looking at me now, thinking, oh, "No, that's not possible." But, but, but it it it, it, it is. And um, I distinctly remember when I would watch certain things on on television. Um, I would. You know, reenact some of the things that that I was watching, and uh, you know, I'd want to, I'd want to, you know, I'd want to fight my brother, or I'd want to do this, do that. Mm. And so, what we behold, and and you yes. see this in a very exaggerated form in children, you mm. see this very, very clearly, especially at that age. I think, well, at any age, it can affect you, but especially at that age, that absolutely, we tend to copy everything we see, right? Yeah, you know, the young mm. mind is like a sponge, and you just yes. it just takes it in, and we aspire to be like the the one on the movie all the <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> and so, the Bible talks about this. It says, "By beholding, we are becoming transformed into His likeness with ever increasing glory." So now, that's the positive sense. If we look to Christ and we behold Him, we focus on Him. We'll become more like Him. You know, and so that is that's the positive sense. Mm-hmm. And so, what Scripture calls me to is is to look to Jesus. Scripture I calls like me to to set my mind on the things that are above, not on things of the earth. Scripture calls me to, um, you know, to 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 set my mind on Christ and to have perfect peace. That is key, I think, because uh, it's not just about uh, not watching this, not watching that, because social media or these things are addictive. And if we simply say to someone, you should stop watching this, and that's it, uh, there's, there's the addiction is there. Mm, you need to replace mm. it with something good. So when the Bible says, set your mind on things above, on set your eyes on Jesus, that is the, the mm. answer. We don't, we don't just simply stop watching this, but we change that. We replace that activity with uh, something to do with knowing Jesus more or something different to fill that vacuum. That, that is really good. 
And it becomes very natural when you, when the love of Christ has touched your heart. Yeah. There's a beautiful old hymn and it says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. True. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So it's not a matter of just forcing ourselves to deny things that we may like. It's actually a matter of coming to understand and coming to know Christ better. It's a recognition that we have an, a, a hell to win, a, sorry, a, a heaven to win rather, and a hell to shun. There is an eternity that, uh, that God wants to reward his people with. And when we recognize these eternal realities, when we recognize the depth of Christ's love that he would actually go to calvary for one person when we contemplate this the things of this earth that the 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 sensual the um you know the distracting the worldly the lustful these things start to be seen in their true light they start to be seen as not something that is going to benefit my life and benefit my relationship with God in any way, shape, or form, but rather they are, we recognize them as a tool of the enemy to try and create a wedge between us and God, to try and break our hold on Christ. And when we recognize that, our decisions become. Um, they, they become informed by those Amazing. realities. I really hope that we can all open our eyes to that reality and give our hearts to Jesus. Uh, dear listeners, let's come to some music. And this is The Battle Belongs to the Lord. In heaven, Acapel Bridge. The battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power, and strength to the Lord. When the power of darkness comes in like a flood. The battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of His blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in heart, do not fear. The battle belongs to the Lord. Encourage, my friend, your redemption is near. The battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor. And that was The Battle Belongs to the Lord by Acapel Ridge. Um, our giveaway for this week is the book Values Led Lives by Lou Edwards. What values do you live by? What principles drive your thoughts, words, and actions? What would you sacrifice everything else for? In this book, Pastor Lou Edwards, an experienced minister, missionary, and church administrator, describes how the values that inspired Jesus can transform our lives 
our families and our churches and our communities as well. If you're looking for a way to re-energize your spiritual life and make your congregation the kind of place to which people will be drawn, this is your book. It is not a read for the faint-hearted and the easily offended, but it will make you think. So, dear listener, if you'd like to be challenged, this is the book for you. Just text in the code SA133 uh, to 04888808811. That's 04888808811. And the code is SA133, no spaces in between, SA133. And, of course, you can also text that number with your questions or comments at any time. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty Thompson. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center. And this week we are following the theme, The Bible and the Media in a Post-Biblical Culture. The big question for today, what we've been discussing is do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? And I'm sure, uh, dear listeners, you've been surprised that uh, such an ancient book as the Bible has so much to say on this topic. Um, Pastor Marty, what can you tell us about uh, maybe some practical applications on how to use the Bible to receive advice on yeah. this topic. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Pastor Ricardo. Want to? I just want to come back to our um our theme, our theme idea, and that is to live life at its best. Christians should pursue only those forms of recreation and entertainment that strengthen their bond with Christ and improve health. So. God wants the best for us. He wants a close relationship with us. He wants to save us more than we want to be saved. And, you know, on your Christian journey, if, if you're carrying weights that are, that are slowing you down, if, if there are things in your life that are distracting you and attracting you away from Christ, that can become a serious issue. I remember when, I remember listening to a, a sermon by Pastor Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And he talked about this idol in people's homes. And I was wondering, what is this idol? And he says, you know, when people worship their idol, they gather around it and they say, shh, you know, <laughs> the television is on. <laughs> shh, be, be, be reverent before this idol. And for many people, that's what technology and media has become. If you try and talk to someone when they're, you know, in the midst of watching something or doing something, they can be quite offended. And this is where media um, can start to infiltrate our lives in a, in a way that's not good socially. And so even good media, we actually need to put limits even and boundaries even when it comes to Good, good media. So, for example, I'll use the I'll use the a, a principle from from when Jesus gave the sermon on the mount, and here's what Jesus said. He said, "If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell." 
And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Mm. So, so what is the principle here, Pastor <laughs> Ricardo? I mean, literally? This, yeah, <laughs> certainly not. But uh, what is the principle here? Mm. They, for Jesus, that's how important it was to, to, be, to be right with God to be away from the things that are detrimental. So um, as important as one eye is to us, um, our relationship with God should be even more. Absolutely. And a right eye and a right hand, they're they're not bad things in and of Mm -hmm. themselves, but they can be used in a bad way. And even good, you know, programs on social media, if I'm neglecting my responsibilities to, to work, to family, to connecting with people, if I'm, if I'm avoiding, or if not necessarily intentionally, but if I'm neglecting important social relations like, you know, fathers with their children, etc., then media can actually become something that is is counterproductive so we have to have limits we we want to um be able to use these again use the 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 media use these um yeah use these resources to actually benefit our lives benefit our families benefit our health benefit our relationship with Christ and uh, and not the opposite so how how do we how do we apply those um boundaries you'd have to you know that's something Personally, you'd have to look at your own Mm -hmm. um, schedule. You'd have to look at your own patterns. Um, But, you know, I mean, excessive use, you know, when when during the evening, when that's maybe perhaps a time to be connecting socially, to, to, to merely just be sitting together watching a program is not real connection yes. that doesn't build strong bonds between between families mm. it'd be far more productive to actually talk about how the day was and bring up you know life conversations particularly with young people i think i think we live at a time pastor ricardo where young people are they're learning and they're getting so much of their information and so much of their learning from the media and this is where parents especially need to be, I think, clued in. Mm-hmm. And they need to be the ones who are really, um, really taking that responsibility for, for raising their mm-hmm. kids. And, uh, and parents need to sometimes, you know, put limits on, well, not sometimes, get rid of that one. They're going to have to put limits yes. on what yes. the kids, you know, amount of time on media, that kind of thing, even in, with positive things, because we don't want mm. that to, to to dominate people's lives. You can even be sitting at a living room with your family and everyone is on their phones. Is that sad? <laughs> yeah, you can be texting yeah. each other. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, boy. Texting each other from room to room. You know, from room to room. room, yeah. to room. <laughs> you know, we crazy. laugh, but it is crazy, isn't it? Yes. It is crazy. Now, here's a biblical principle when it comes to discerning what's the appropriate media to watch. Mm-hmm. It comes from Paul's advice in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And here's what Paul says that can help to identify the forms of media that actually have value. Think about this and think about the kinds of media that would actually fit what Paul's talking about. He says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, 
whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Wow. Yeah. Now, very clear. How many, um, how many, you know, how many movies actually would actually meet the criteria mm, there? That should be the filter for everything this is, we do. This is the filter. Mm. We don't want to try and put our heads in the sand. We don't want to just become, you know, monks who just, just live off by ourselves. But we also, we, you know, Jesus says be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. We need to live in the world. We live in a world of media. We need to use media, but we need to use it wisely. And we need to use it in a way that glorifies God and that helps our relationship with him. Otherwise, we're giving the devil a foothold True. in our lives. Yes. And so when, when you apply the Philippians 4, eight, Philippians 4, verse 8, I'd encourage our friends listening today, go and read that verse for yourself, Philippians 4, eight, and then take a look at some of potentially the movies on your DVD rack or some of the things that you would typically watch online and ask yourself the honest question, does this fit? Does does what I'm watching, listening to, does it actually draw me closer to Christ? Mm-hmm. And pray. You know, there's a there's a, there's a situation in the Bible now. It's a little bit different, but it's in Acts 19 where they actually took a whole bunch of magic books and they burnt them publicly and they counted up the value of these books: fifty thousand pieces of silver. Sometimes we hold on to things simply because we paid a bit of money for them, but in reality. If we paid a bit of money for it, but it's actually not having a positive influence in our lives, if it's actually um, giving the devil a foothold in our homes and in our minds, then whatever price you paid for it, it's uh, it's th- that price is not going to be high enough to actually get rid of it and make it make a decision. Make a decision. I want to finish with a quote. This is written in the classic book Desire of Ages. This is a classic book on the life of Christ. And here's what it means to actually live a life in a relationship with Jesus. All true obedience comes from the heart. It was heart work with Christ. And if we consent, he will so identify himself with our thoughts and aims, so blend our hearts and minds into conformity to his will, that when obeying him, we shall be but carrying out our own impulses. The will, refined and sanctified, will find its highest delight in doing his service. When we know God as it is our privilege to know him, our life will be a life of continual obedience. Through an appreciation of the character of Christ, through communion with God, sin will become hateful to us. Mm. That is the answer to this issue, Pastor Ricardo. We can know that things are not really that great for us, but still do it anyway. The issue is that we we need to draw closer to Jesus. We need to allow His love to transform our hearts. We need to allow His Spirit to fill our lives. And when we do, our desires will change, and we will no longer have a taste for the empty things of this Mm. world. We'll just want more and more of Him. And it sounds like a process, a day-by-day, daily process. It is a daily process, but it, you know, because we can't change our own hearts True. and desires, but we can choose 
Christ. We can choose to commit ourselves to Him. And when we choose Christ and we choose to commit ourselves to Him, He will come and change the desires of our heart. I know for me, Pastor Ricardo, some of the things I used to watch and listen to, boy, there's been, you know, those things have no desire for me anymore because I recognize that they're not strengthening my walk with the Lord. I don't, yeah, I, I think we're coming to the end, <laughs> but I just want to emphasize again, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a relationship with Christ, and everything else will flow That's out of that. That's where it all starts, in a relationship with Christ. Thank you so much, Pastor Marty, for sharing the word with um, all of us today. And it looks like our time is up. Um, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we um, we want to have a such a relationship with you so that everything that we do and think and say may be pleasing to you and therefore beneficial for us. Help us to put Jesus first every day. And um, we can't do it on our own, so please help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Ricardo, and our co-host today was Pastor Marty. Thanks for joining us on Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow as we explore the answer to the big question, what about mild violence and soft porn? Until then, remember that the Bible says, Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Psalm 119, verse 37. May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.